Welcome to the Redemption Tempe podcast, where we believe all of life is all for Jesus. I'm here with AC, ministry intern at Redemption Tempe, and also Pastor Jim Mullins, um, pastor at uh, Redemption. Um, and we want to start this, this episode off uh, with a question. Now, this is a serious question because this is like, this is it, man. Uh, if, if you, and you, you know, you can answer this uh, wherever you're listening to it, uh, wherever you are, you can answer this too. If you were stranded on an island and you can have one book of the Bible to have for the rest of your life, I'm talking there is no opportunity for you to be saved in this situation. You are stranded on this island. Which book, which book would you have? I'll go first. Uh, I think, I would say, I like Acts. Acts? Yeah. Nice. You know, I you I start the church from scratch. Right. You know, I love I love the uh, you know kind of just reading of the history of the church. Um, I love reading of uh, I guess Paul's conversion and his travels through the various churches. Um, and I know a lot of people maybe read that as just a history book or like a history. Maybe read that as like a history account. But through that book, I've really seen like just the power of God just being able to you know work through people in planning his church here. Mm. So I love that book. Um, I would be, you know, I, I think that book has like a lot of different literary components, comedy, drama, like, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's very complete as, is, you know, every book. So um, I would go with Acts. AC, what do you think? I'm going to have to go with Isaiah. Hmm. You know, Isaiah. there's 66 chapters, first of all. Right. So, you know, I pick Obadiah, I only got one chapter to read. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, with Isaiah, if you think of the, the Bible as a story, and, you know, you got the four chapters in the story, you got creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Isaiah really hits on all of those and really vividly illustrates all of those. So I think you get kind of a well-rounded approach. Jim, you have one book. Pick wisely. Well, you didn't say book of the Bible, so I'm going to take a book about how to make a boat. <laughs> uh, and then my second book would probably be How to Survive on an Island. But if you're asking one book of the Bible, hey, without the Bible, you're going to turn that, that boat into an idol. You know? Right, right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I'll quickly get to another place where they actually have Bibles, the Maldive <laughs> Islands or something like that. But if I had to pick a book of the Bible, I would pick the book of Colossians, hmm. uh, mainly because. It uh, Colossians 1 talks about really the biblical story in short form that God through Christ created all things, sustains all things, and is reconciling all things. And frankly, I would need the hope of God's future reconciliation and restoration of the world uh, to make it and not go crazy on this island I was stranded on. So Cool. I think, you know, great, great picks all around and you know for those who are listening or you know home or wherever you are uh answer along i guess um so last podcast or last episode uh we kind of i kind of ended off talking about squid um this is like a funny word you know it's, it seems like you know what is what would a squid or what does squid have to do with this true story project um but it it's an acronym and I th- really think that, you know, as, as we get into kind of breaking down each, each individual part, that this is going to be a great way for us to go through this project and uh, really understand and 
uh, so forth of, of what we're reading. So, Jim, do you want to kind of break down what is squid? What does this mean? Um, why do we go with it? Or just yeah. kind of break it down. Break yeah. it down for us. So we have been influenced by a lot of the best theologians and uh, scholars who are working on hermeneutics mm -hmm. and how to read the Bible. And basically, they have come up with some fantastic uh, ways of understanding the Bible and engaging the Bible, but they're PhDs and they mm. don't know how to communicate with normal people. Right, right. And so we kind of created a method, an approach to help us get into scripture. Now, it's called the squid approach, and I know it's a silly name. Right. Uh, there's no getting around that. It's a ridiculous name, but it's a ridiculous name that will help us understand a great God. And right. uh, each letter in the word squid stands for a different step in this Bible study process or in this Bible engagement process because hmm. hmm. it really is more than study. So just to give the the overall um, uh, acronym, S stands for summarize and we're encouraging you in the first step to summarize what you're reading in scripture. Uh, Q stands for question and ask questions about what you don't understand about the text. Ask God those questions prayerfully. Um, U stands for understood. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to, to, to see how God's people originally understood the text when they originally heard it. Get in the eyes of the original and, and ears of the original hearers. I stands for implication and we're looking at what the implications are for all of life and how we can live all of life all for Jesus. And D stands for do. And we're basically asking, what is the Holy Spirit inviting us to do in response to the reading? So that's that's the overview of each of those. And we'll, we'll go in depth right. with each step in this podcast. So, uh, you know, given this approach, um, what is the what is the goal, overall overarching goal of using this approach? Yeah, the, the goal is to help us read God's Word in a way that engages our left brain and our right brain. Hmm. Uh, the, the rationalistic aspects of our mind, but also the emotional and imaginative aspects of our mind. It helps us to hear the Word, but also to be doers of the Word. And I think one of the big challenges that people have with Bible engagement is they don't even know how to begin to, to read and to understand and the process of studying scripture and engaging scripture. So we wanted to give a, a method, an approach that helps give a little bit of order to the way people read and to the way that our communities will be discussing. Our redemption communities will be focusing on this Bible reading plan and we'll be using squid as the framework through which we have our discussions. Got it. Got it. Um, so we have summarize, we have question, we have understood, we have implication, and we have do. Now I know actually there is a, some illustration with a squid that kind of, uh, I guess, embodies uh, th these points, but um, won't get into that. Maybe you'll see that around some point. But uh, AC, um, you know, we want to kind of break down each individual point because, uh, you know, if you're just reading that or just hearing that, that may be confusing on the onset. But um, I want to kind of just we want to kind of break down each individual point, get into what it means and how we do it. So um, first point, summarize. Tell us about summarize. 
Yeah, so what you want to do is, is creatively summarize this part of God's story in a way that's going to help you remember mm-hmm. and retell it to others. So uh, there's all kinds of different ways you can do this. You can make bullet points. You can draw a diagram. Um, you, can, you can draw a picture. Uh, you can spit some bars. I know Jim's going to get on the flow one of these episodes. That's soon enough, man. You got to keep listening. You never know. You never know when it'll be. I think Jim has a, a, a diss track on Robert <laughs> Orman. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you know, summarize it in any way you want to. There's a lot of freedom. And, and for me personally, I like to try to think of something gimmicky mm-hmm. to help me to help me remember something that's that's kind of uh, uh, memorable. So like if, for example, you think it, you, the first two chapters of Genesis a uh, real simple way is God built it all up and Adam tore it all down. Mm. You know, just something simple, something memorable to try to help you remember the story. You're not really trying to say, what is God telling me at this point? You're not getting to any of that. You just want to ask yourself, what is it saying? And, and, and just summarize it. And you can be really creative with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, I mean, there are some of us who are more artistically inclined, right? Helping you to understand, like, like uh, AC was saying, if it's drawing a picture or something or writing a poem... You know, be creative in the way, you know, summarize it, you know, summarize it in a way also that's going to be a, a way that you can understand. Hmm. You know, there's no, there's no like really one way necessarily to do this. Yeah. And for those engineers out there, uh-huh. those orderly right. left brain people, don't worry. If you want to make uh, a well-organized right. outline, Bullet you go for it. Bullet yeah. points, yeah. a Gantt chart, a graph, Have one. do what you do. Now, I can't guarantee your RC will take well to that, but you know what? We'll love you anyway. So, uh, <laughs> how do you think you're going to do it, Warren? You know, I really love music, right? Mm. So, um, you know, it may be through, let's say, a rap. Nice. Do you think you can uh, take us Genesis to Revelation at some point? At some point. At some point, you will hear rap bars spit on the show. I mean, nice. look, look, the reading plan we're using is split into 16 sections. That's 16 bars. There you go. Yo, AC, man, you're on it, man. You know what? You should take it away, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, moving on, second point, question. Jim, what does this mean? Question. So very simply, after you've summarized the text uh, in a way that you can retell it okay. and remember it to others... Make a list of questions. Ask the questions that you have about the text. There are things that we don't understand. Like, why, uh, you might want to ask, what does the word blessing mean? Hmm. Because you know it's probably not the way your grandma uses it and just drops blessing all the time and says, bless her little heart and those sorts of things. Christianese. Christianese. Yeah, it's not the Christianese, <laughs> but it's a weighty word that gets used a lot in the right, Bible. Right. What does that mean? Um, or or asking the question of, is there a significance to this place that Abraham's going to? And why did Abraham change his name? Hmm. And, uh, you know, there are any number of things, but whatever you don't understand and you have a question about, ask the question, write it down. Now, here's the thing. Feel free to ask any question you can possibly think of, but know this, that not every question can be answered. I don't know why the dude used the junk donkey's jawbone to kill a bunch of people. I oh, just don't know why. That was savage. Um, I don't know why that's that was a part of it. Yeah. Um, I, there, are, there are questions where you will not be able to answer them. But there are many that you will. And you'll be able to bring these questions up with your redemption community or a community that you're a part of that's reading scripture together. And you'll be able to wrestle through what is the answer to those questions. And also it's important to not just separate yourself from the text and ask 
questions about the text, but take these questions to God and ask them definitely. in prayer. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's it's guaranteed that as we go through this, we will have a ton of questions. And, uh, you know, Jim kind of touched on community groups. And we're going to also touch on that in our next episode of how can you, you know, get plugged into communities and be able to ask these questions in community. We're, we're going to have a ton of resources available to you to get a lot of these questions answered. Can, can I mention one thing about that? We will be interviewing top-notch theologians to be able to address Very some true. of the questions that you have. So right. if you have questions as you engage scripture, for now, just send them to Jim Mullins at redemptionaz.com, and we'll bring them up as we're talking to some of these top-notch theologians. Sure. AC, do you want yeah, to add I, something? I think, I think this is great, too, because a lot of us have an experience of growing up in church where questions are looked down upon. Mm. You know, why are you asking questions? Why are you questioning what you read? Just accept it. And so, we, you know, we really want to create a culture where it's okay to ask questions. And it's okay to say, I don't know right now. Mm-hmm. That's great, man. You know, um, I've definitely been in the, that, had that experience where it's like, why, why? It's like you're almost like excommunicated for asking, yeah. <laughs> for asking questions. You're like lost. So uh, next, next uh, kind of point we're going to move into is understood. Understood. So, uh, AC, help us understand, understood. Yeah, I mean, this is so important because so often we read it and we want to jump straight to what does it have to do with me? Mm. What does it have to do with my life? But the first thing you want to do is you want to imagine how the original audience would have understood what God was revealing to them. And I know it's kind of awkward to summarize questions understood, but you know we purposely chose understood Instead of understand, because understood is past tense to help you to help remind you that we want to know what they thought in the past about right. this and what right. God was revealing, you know. Um, and the Bible was written in a different culture, uh, different languages, different time in history. So there's this gap between what's going on then and what's going on now today. And and intuitively we know that sometimes, mm-hmm. but we get really picky and choosy about when we. Uh, are aware of that gap like if we read if it says greet one another with a holy kiss we're like oh yeah yeah i'm not about to kiss warren <laughs> you know like oh i'm gonna shake his hand you know obviously that's a cultural thing you yeah, read yeah. jesus says in sermon on the mount to anoint your head with oil when you're fasting I, no one's gonna go about uh get some crisco and put yeah. on their head you know that's you know we understand that there's a gap but you especially can't do that here in arizona no, because you will you will become a uh, filet yeah, <laughs> and if you're gonna anoint someone's head with oil, you gotta go a little higher class than Crisco, man. Right, man. Hey, man. hey, you know what? Seriously, oil, man. Crisco, coconut oil. Yeah. We want it to be accessible to everybody. Some essential oils. <laughs> you know, there's some people trying to. Not everybody's trying to shop. Oil. I can think bed, of some bed, bath, and beyond. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. 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 Uh, so I guess, um, you know, like AC said, when we talk about understood, we want to think about the context that. You know the people that the, the these letters or these books were being written to during that time. Um, next point, implication. Jim, take it away. You, you know what? Um, let me go back okay. to understood. All right. Because I, I have an illustration that I think mm-hmm. would would um, help bring this to light. Think about the Ten Commandments. Uh, the Ten Commandments are all over American culture, but generally speaking, we're extracting them from their context of what's happening in Exodus, and then, you know, it gets crocheted by, like, your aunt and put up in the room somewhere. 
uh, um, and it feels like it's these moral principles and stuff. But but you take just take for instance Sabbath. A lot of times when Americans hear about the Sabbath, they think this is a command to you know every once in a while go jet skiing, relax a little bit, take a nap, set up a hammock, or you get really legalistic and you're like you can't have Chick Fil A on Sunday right, or something right, like right. that. Mm. And you know that's the day you always have the craving. Yeah. At least for me. I'm like, oh, it's Sunday. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's the truth. But if you think about the command to honor the Sabbath it, in the context of what's happening in Exodus, the reality is that God is delivering this people out of the impre- oppression, out from under the oppression of Pharaoh, who is enslaving them and telling them to continue to work more and more and more and increasing their quotas every day Hmm. and he's giving them no rest and 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 stripping them of their dignity and of their time to celebrate and remember god but then when you see god establishing this new society with his people and he gives the law to obey the sabbath Hmm. he is essentially saying that the way of his kingdom the way of his people is such to be against the oppression of pharaoh the oppression that happened then shall be no more in his society. So you've got to get your eyes into the eyes of the of the Israelites, of these original people, the best we can. We're just trying to right, do this. Right, we can't right. perfectly do this. Yeah. We're bringing our biases and everything like that. But try to imagine what they were feeling and thinking as they heard those things. And so that, that leads us to implications. So we're asking the question... What are the implications for all of life? Now, you see, a lot of times when we read the Bible, when, um, when Westerners read the Bible, we read it as individuals, and we just think about how it individually applies to us. Now, this is an important step here because we are asking, what are the implications for all of life? Uh, so what does this mean for my work life? Hmm. For my family, for the church and the way that we interact, for politics and and public life and the specific cultural issues of the day, whether it's uh, Olympics or elections, Hmm. what we're trying to do is see what God was doing in that particular time and place then, and then what are the implications for us today. So take the Sabbath command, for example. We don't have a pharaoh around. We We don't have... Uh, we, we're not in Egypt, you know, and those sorts of things. All right. But we see God's heart. We see what God is like, that he is a God of justice who provides rest for the weary. We see what his people are supposed to be like as people who are champions for justice. We see that uh, what the nations are, are like. We learn about the nations in that part of Scripture, that the nations are even accountable to God. And so, therefore, there are implications for life today. One of them would be we need to look at the areas of injustice Mm. in the world where people get no rest and be people who bring Sabbath to the places of strain and of pain. So you're thinking about refugee camps. You're thinking about the people, uh, the single mothers who are working two to three jobs. You're thinking about um, the, the broken prison system we have and how it, it, it causes such strain on families mm-hmm. and, and, and people are profiting off of it. And so we need to ask the question, what does it look like 
to to bring Sabbath into the the and rest and justice into the places of pain today. So that's implications. What right. are the implications for life right. today? Um, and, and really, when we say all of life is all for Jesus, this is the point we're talking about. We're asking the question of how does this text help me live all of life all for Jesus? You know, Jim, I really like the way you kind of brought it back to the way it was understood in the time of you know Israelites and Pharaoh, and also you know leading into implications of talking about what does it mean for us. Um, I really think that was a uh, you know really uh, it definitely hits home, and it, it's definitely a call to action. So, uh, yeah, yeah, um, really excited. Uh, last point is do, do. Um, AC, what is this? What, what, what do we mean by do? I mean, it's pretty uh, self-explanatory. You know, what do I do now? Right. Now that I've read it, I've understood what they understood or to the best of my ability. I'm seeing the implications for all of life. Now, what do I do? How is God inviting me to respond? Hmm. Now, it could be different things. It may not actually be an action. It could be just to sit down in silence and marvel at how good God is. You know, it, it may be to repent, to, to just take some time and think of how I contribute, thinking of the whole Pharaoh thing and, and Sabbath. What's my complicity in the dehumanization mm-hmm. uh, and ex- exploitation of people? Wow. wow. And, and just to repent? Yeah. Um, maybe it's to just go get up and volunteer Hmm. with some uh, organization that helps the refugees. Maybe it's just a weep. Maybe you just get so moved and you just cry. Hmm. You know, There's so many different ways that we can respond, but that's what we want to do at this point is to respond because this is the, this is the goal. Right. If you stop at the eye, all you've done is like an intellectual Bible study. Huh. And, and, and you're in danger of the warning in the book of James when James says not to be hearers only but doers of the word don't just look in the mirror and say and I gotta shave and then don't shave shave yeah you know so and one thing I would say too with the whole uh, the do aspect of squid and and how has God invited me to respond is is to be wary of confirmation bias and and what I mean by that is is especially as a new Christian I was guilty of this is a lot of times we're so focused on whatever things we're struggling with. You know, I got to pay the bills or, you know, how am I going to pass this class or whatever it is, this situation with this person. And you're just looking for like little key phrases in the Bible Hmm. to kind of answer your questions. Right. You know, like I remember that, man. Yeah. I remember hearing about a guy who went and planted a church in a city because he read in Matthew where Jesus said, go meet me on this mountain and that was his way of thinking, all right, God wants me to go on this city where there's a mountain and plant a church. And I mean, I mean God can speak to you in a, in a multitude of different ways. I don't want to discount that. But at the same time, you don't want to just take all your confirmation or all, all your prejudice to the Bible and, and what you want and look for little key phrases to answer your questions. Because what's end up happening, you're going to make a lot of quirky, weird decisions. Right. And then you're going to blame God and God's going to seem like he's wishy-washy just pointing you in every which direction. You know, you want to make sure that your response is faithful to the implications that you see in the text. And I think that also goes back to what we kind of talked about in the last episode when we were we were talking about understanding things as a story and not just picking, you mm-hmm. know, separate verses here and there, you know, kind of scattering and creating your own theology, right? Um, which is a lot of time that uh, tendency to do. We have the tendency to do that a lot of times. Um, so... We have summarize, we have question, we have understand, implications, do. If you didn't understand, maybe you didn't catch all of that, this will definitely not be the last time you'll hear these different uh, points discussed. Um, 
they, they, we're going to have whiteboard sessions. There you go, right. We're going to do videos with whiteboard sessions where we'll, uh, we'll have different people providing examples of how they went through Squid about, you know, as they looked at certain texts. Right, so yeah, there will definitely be definitely be a lot of resources available to, available to you. So, uh, Jim, um, you know, given this approach, what do you think is the best way to engage this? Yeah, well, I think that there are are, are really two best ways to engage it. Okay. One is daily. So, if you have forty five minutes a day uh, that you're going to spend in the Word, I would uh, read your two to three chapters in the Bible reading plan okay. and then work through each aspect of squid with a journal, write down some of those answers every day. And then um, and then take that daily psalm and, and just use that as a time of worship and prayer, read over it, pray through it. That's I you know, that's really the best way. And I would encourage people to work up to that. But if if that's uh, if that's not where you're at right now and, and you probably have more like 15 minutes a day, uh, what I would say is do the reading every day and then just read and then respond in prayer. Praise God for who he is. Confess sin that comes to mind. Uh, you know, reflect with God on the actions that he's calling you to do. And then once a week, carve out about 30 minutes where you're going to sit down with your Bible, maybe a uh, a, a cup of coffee, a nice journal, uh, and think about all that you've read that week and do squid through about 10 to 15 chapters. So you're mm. getting a broad summary. You're asking broad questions. You're, you're in a broad way uh, reflecting on how the original audience understood it. Mm -hmm. You are uh, thinking about the, the implications of, of the really that book or that, that section for all of life and then you're responding to the Holy Spirit by, by acting based on that but really at the end of the day there's a daily approach daily approach and the, then the weekly approach weekly approach yeah um, so I mean we're going to get into our normally it's Furious 5 tips but I think we today we have 4 Four, yeah. four tips today. So we may uh, come up with one by the end. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see what uh what what we can formulate. Um, guys, you want to get into our our four tips? Jim, take it away. What is the first tip you have for us as we engage in the squid approach? My first tip is to engage your whole mind. So you you are not just a rational being but you are a, a feeling being you're an intuitive imaginative being so engage both the linear logical aspects of your mind as well as the imaginative creative aspects of your mind as you read scripture god gave you both love him with both all right ac whole i would heart. say you know number two yeah. is whole heart yeah you want to use your emotions Try to empathize with the people. There's a lot of expressions of anger. There's a, a prayer in the Psalms that, you know, oh, God dashed their infants against rocks. Enter into that. Why is there that anger? Or the sadness, God, don't even look at me anymore in the mm. Psalms. You know, why is there that sadness? And why is there such joy, you know? And then also your own emotions. Encounter God, sharing your deepest emotions, pouring out your heart, relating to God through prayer. Use your heart. Gotcha. I'm sorry for jumping the gun on you there, man. I got kind of spoke for him, but uh, Jim, you want to hit the third point? Yeah, number three is uh, 
the whole story. Okay. So read the particular parts of the reading plan with the whole story in mind. Okay. You know, since the Bible is the true story of the world, it's important to understand the arc of the story, where it's going, and what part of the story you're reading. And rather than isolating just one or two verses, you know, try reading it in a way that the original hearers would have engaged it. I mean, there weren't verses back then. Right. The verses right. are not inspired. Yeah. They're wait, not a wait, part wait, of the Wait, wait, wait. So you're, you're telling me there weren't, like, the headlines? That yeah, had, nope. No, those didn't well, exist. the chapters, though, right? Nope, no, not, not even, even the not. chapters. Man, Not even right. the chapters. Those numbers, some, some really linear dude, <laughs> some engineer back in the day was like, you know what, I need to organize this. Got, you know... God gave us a story, but I need a reference. Uh, and they're not even good divisions in a lot of places. They're not right, even good right, divisions. Right. Some, sometimes you're better off just uh, ignoring them, or you can actually get Bibles that pull out the verses mm -hmm. and, and the chapters so that you can read the flow of what's happening. But the original hearers would have read you know, the whole book, or at least big sections of the book, and looked at the, the arguments or, or the overall message of what's happening there so just remember to take to to not take verses out of the context of you know uh paragraphs don't take paragraphs out of the context of the overall message of the section don't take the section out of the context of the book and don't take the that particular book out of the context of the whole story I like that yeah. because at the end of the day deuteronomy and leviticus in these laws we're not living in that particular part of the story, that time of the story. Hmm. So it's inappropriate for us to just one-to-one -one legislate the laws that are written there. But within those laws, that being a former part of the story, it shows what God's character is like, what his people are like, right. what he cares about ultimately. And you look at the arc of the story and you see that God cares about justice. He cares about holiness. He cares about community. He cares about uh, he cares about making his name known uh, to the to the ends of the earth, and so it's really important to know. Just like in a, if you go and you see a map and it says you are here, right. you need to see here's where I'm at in the story and here's what I'm reading in the story. That's uh, I think that's great, Jim. Um, uh, I, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times we have seen you know verses uh, pulled out of Leviticus or something like that used to kind of uh, aim towards people. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really think that's a really poignant point there. So, lastly, um, AC, you want to hit on this point, and this is kind of like the core, especially of redemption. Um, do you want to get into that last point, point number four? Yeah, is the whole of life. Right. You know, reading the Bible is not just coffee and quiet time with Jesus in mm. the morning. Reading the Bible isn't just, you know, how can I be a better coworker? Mm. Be nicer to people. People, you know, it speaks to all of life. You know, with with uh, you know the Department of Justice issuing that statement about Baltimore, the Bible speaks to that hotbed issue in our culture today. Mm. Hmm. You know, the Bible speaks to I don't work at church. I work at a restaurant, or I work as an accountant. The Bible speaks to that. It speaks to family issues. It speaks to all of life. And so we want to read it through that lens. Now, that doesn't mean that there's a, a verse for every single issue. There's no chapter and verse about Black Lives Matter mm. or All Lives or Blue Lives or any of those things. But the Bible does give us a lens through which to look at all of life. Right. Right. Uh, really great there. Um, so, I mean, just kind of recapping those points. 
engage with your whole mind, your whole heart, engage the whole story, and understand uh, the Bible's implications on the whole of life. So, uh, you know, I hope that gave you a good understanding of what Squid is and how we plan to engage it this year. Um, next time, we'll be discussing how to how we're going to engage Squid as a community and also the various resources that will be available to you. Uh, thanks for listening. See you next time.